Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. What is going on everybody and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the NHL Strategy Show. I am your host, Josh Harris. These days just blend together. It is a really nice day in New Jersey today. In the 70s, sunny. Means people are scared of me when I walk the pit bull in my bald head and tattooed body, even though I'm a giant teddy bear. Joining me as always... Joining me as always, Slim Cliffy, how was your weekend? Uh, good, good weekend. Uh, beautiful day here today as well. It's it, When I went for my run, it was plus 13, which I think is like 55 to 60 yeah. in Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful, beautiful day. So yeah, we'll take it. Uh, good weekend. Uh, I'm a big wrestling fan, so WrestleMania was this past weekend. Um, we're not going to talk about it. I really don't want to talk about it right now because I don't feel like getting that upset. Um no, uh, good weekend. I went to go see the new Dungeons and Dragons movie last night. Um, I had the choice between playing that three game slate or going to a movie. <laughs> it's a pretty easy choice. Uh, it was actually fun. It was a good movie. Like it's not like an Oscar winner, but you know, if you have, you know, you have a, a young a young kid at home, like this would be a movie. You know, if I were to sit down with, you know, my nephew's a little bit older now, but a few years ago when he was like nine, 10 years old, I would have absolutely brought him to a, to that movie. It was kind of funny. Like it, it's like a live action Pixar movie almost in that it's, it's got a lot of adult humor, but it's kind of meant for kids. So, uh, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, you, uh, went to go see a favorite of ours over the weekend as well. Yeah. I went to go see John Wick four. Excellent movie. I uh, don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it yet, but easily the best one since the first one. Um, the director should win some type of award. Directing that movie had to be insanely difficult. There's there's a good behind the scenes thing that they did. I think it's on, you can just find it on YouTube. I forget who did it. It might've been Vanity Fair or something like that. They did a behind the scenes of, of some of the action sequences and 
it's pretty outstanding. So yeah, John Wick for absolutely. Uh, and that's we're somebody asked about it in the Discord earlier today. I would say that's a movie I would get to go. I would go see in theaters. That's not a movie. Even if you have a nice like 70 inch TV at home or something, it's a movie you want to see in theaters. Yeah, without spoiling anything, Bill Sarsgaard, unbelievable in that movie. Um, I always forget his name, but he was uh, in. He was Kenji. He was in uh, Rush Hour Three. He was in The Last Samurai. The guy who owned the the Osaka. Oh, Hiroyuki Sonata. Yeah, he's one of my favorite actors. So, yeah, really enjoyed. Like each each like the first half of the movie was crazy, but the second half of the movie was just ridiculous. So. Some of those scenes, like I don't even know how they filmed. Go see it. Well, yeah, maybe just, we have to do like, movie credit. Yeah, we, we we can't do it. We can't do it justice talking about it here. It's something that has to be experienced for sure. Yeah, it was awesome movie. Um, I'd say maybe arguably better than the first one, but the first one really set the the table for everything. So. It's, 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 see, that's that's kind of the thing. It's like um, there are movies where I think you can argue the sequel outdoes the original. Um, you know, I think The Godfather 2 would certainly be one of those. But you have to be so much better than the original because it does set the template. And like the original is different from the other three, right? Like the original is just kind of a revenge. It's like a sleek revenge movie. That's all it is, really. Um, it's not until the second one that the world building really starts. So like I, I consider the first one almost separate from the other three, but um, it, it just goes to show like this thing's already, they've already made a quarter billion dollars on John Wick four and it's only been out what, like a week, a week and a half. Um, it just goes to show that if you make good movies, that will go. And, you know, people want to see good action movies. They don't want to see people's, you know, dancing in front of a green screen like every other, like every Marvel movie is these days. They want to see actual good action scenes in an actual action movie. And when you do it, people will flock to it and you can make a ton of money doing it. Hopefully Hollywood kind of picks up uh, what uh, John Wick and uh, the producers and the choreographers and the directors are putting down here. You know what it is? There's no CGI it's all real. Like all these actors are mixed martial arts performers and choreographers. John Wick or Keanu Reeves does all of his stunts. So like his Aikido is just ridiculous. It's not a martial art that like should work in real life, but it works for John Wick. So like, yeah, if you watch the behind the scenes thing, they're hitting people with cars. Like in the car <laughs> sequence at the Arc de Triomphe in, in Paris, they're running people over with cars. That, like it's not a CGI car. And I'm not saying you have to go that far all the time, but uh, a little bit more realism in the movies when you're doing an action sequence like that goes a long way. Yeah, it was a great movie. We could talk about this movie for the whole hour, but 11 game slate, the GPPs aren't great, but they're better than they were the past few weeks. So NHL winding down ends next Friday, the regular season. I'm sure the first round of the playoffs, the GPPs will be great. Uh, and then after that, it kind of dies down into into showdowns. But, you know, while we're here, we'll break down the 11-game slate. Uh, before we do, make sure to give us a like and subscribe as you're coming in. It helps us out a lot. Also, don't forget to sign up for the Stochastic Hall of Fame by changing your avatar on DraftKings and FanDuel by going to stochastic.com backslash avatar. Place in the top three contests with over 5K contestants. There's plenty in MLB now, not any outside of, like, the quarter arcade or dime time in NHL. 
If that does happen, tweet the win to at StochasticHOF account on Twitter. Or if you don't have a Twitter, you can email us with your screenshot and you'll win a free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum. You also get a shout out on our weekly Hall of Fame segment. So I would do that. It's $120 value. You can win once a year. But uh, yeah, $120 get for free. They get you access to every tool on our site. Also, we are sponsored by Bet365. Shout out to them. We will have a nice deal for you a little bit later in the show. But let's get into this 11-game slate, shall we? As my lineup builder is giving me this slow death. But I know the first game is the Ottawa Senators with a 2.4 total heading into Carolina. The Hurricanes have a 3.6 total. Levi Miralainen is confirmed for Ottawa. Frederick Anderson is probable for Carolina. I'm sorry, Levi Miralainen confirmed for Ottawa. No idea who that is. He's obviously like their ninth string goalie. <laughs> He's 6,900 on DraftKings. This is just a brutal matchup. Ottawa has a 2.4 total. They mi- Ottawa mixed up their lines. They're going with Brady Kachuk. Brady Kachuk, Stan Stutzla, and Drake Batherson. Uh Brady Kachuk left morning skate, though, so he's a game-time decision as it is. This is a tough matchup regardless for Ottawa. I don't like really stacking teams going into Carolina. This is more of a Carolina game for me. There is lots of question marks on Ottawa, especially if Brady's out. We have this, this goalie I've never heard of. It's just a question of, you know, uh, if you want to play Aho Netches Martinuk on a you know eleven game slate, you play Cockney. I mean Nason Pooley Harvey or Stall Drury. Fa- like it, it would be the Aho line. It's just a question of like how you want to build because they are fifteen eight, which is a decent filler, and they have a pretty good total on the slate. Yeah, and I think one of the things worth pointing out with Carolina is since these injuries hit, and they got Pooley Harvey back in the lineup. They've been doing what they were doing with Ajo earlier in the season. <coughs> Pardon me. And that's using him against the bottom six when they're at home. Like Ajo's not going to face off that much against Stutzler or Debrinkat or anything like that here tonight. He's going to see a lot of the Ottawa bottom six. Um, and then the stall line and the Kakaniemi line are going to take the top two lines in kind of defensive shutdown matchups. Now, part of that is... This team doesn't have a lot of scoring with Svechnikov and Pacioretty out of the lineup, and they need to get Aho and Natchez in the best matchups possible. You can't use them in a shutdown role because there's no one else in the rest of the lineup that can score. Um, so it makes sense that they do that with Aho. But I was looking at Ottawa's depth numbers. The bottom six hasn't been that bad defensively, at least over like the last six weeks. Like I was going, I went back to basically the end of February, which would have been when all the trades were happening around the trade deadline and Ottawa's bottom six in general has about the same defensive metrics as their top line. So I'm not sure at least from the Carolina perspective, whether the matchup for Ajo matters a whole lot here tonight, but it is worth noting that he should not see much of the Ottawa top six. So I like I'm with you. I do like that Carolina top line. They're at five to six percent ownership. I think that's just fine um, in this particular matchup. They're still generating, even with Martinook on the line, um, two and a half expected goals, four per 60 minutes. That's not great 
usually Aho lines, especially with Natchez there, are generally above three. Um, and they're not skating a ton either. Like that top line is anywhere from like 16 to 18 minutes over the last four or five games, like uh, like on average. So, you know, I, I think you're fine playing Carolina one, but I'm going to be honest. I Like I'm not like running out to play them. You know what I mean? And that Mayor Lining kid, he wasn't supposed to be a big prospect, which is why he was a third round pick. Uh, but he had a pretty good year this year over, I think it was over in Finland. He was playing, um, just came back uh, to North America. That's why it's his first game in the NHL. Um, and he had a really good season over in Finland. Um, I was looking at some prospect measurements. Uh, his like potential upside because of the season he had this year took a big jump. Um, he legitimately might be a decent goalie. So I think there's like Carolina one's fine, but I, I I think there are reasons not to play them here tonight, despite it being a pretty good matchup. I think Um, I have no interest on the Ottawa side. Like it's just a terrible, terrible matchup. And I think there are enough low owned lines elsewhere that you don't have to pick Ottawa going into Carolina um, to get uh, a lot of positive leverage here tonight especially with Carolina's penalty kills still being one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. And that's where Ottawa really makes their hay from a fantasy perspective is on the power play. Honestly, there's just not a lot I like stacking here. If anything, it would be the Carolina top line, but there's just not a lot I'm interested in stacking on either side. Yeah. It feels like an MME type of deal. Uh, I mean, obviously that line can get there. It's just, there's a lot of other spots that I like better, but at that ownership, I don't mind them, especially in 20 to 150 max. Buffalo Sabres with a 3.1 total heading into Florida. The Panthers have a four total. Devin Levy, probable. Alex Leone, confirmed. Looks like uh, Tage Thompson is going to be back. Buffalo running Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck, Jeff Skinner, Dylan Cousins, Jack Quinn, JJ Paterka. Now, with Tage Thompson back. Casey Middlestad was on the top power play, but so was Jack Quinn in Cousins' spot. So I don't know if they leave Middlestad on the top power play unit or they kick Middlestad off and leave Quinn on. It's kind of important because I kind of like Buffalo on the road here. They're getting no ownership. Florida takes a ton of penalties. Alex Leone has played great, which is weird to say the past few games. He's really, I don't want to say save their season because they put themselves in that spot, but he's, he's, Stop them from missing out on the playoffs. On the flip side, Buffalo, or excuse me, Florida has a four total. Devin Levi, probably already the best goalie in the Buffalo system. Uh, whether, you know, whatever that means, but like I, I do really like Florida here tonight. Um, the other night, I think it was Saturday, someone asked me in chat, would you would you rather play the Barkov line or the, the Lundell line? And my answer was, I generally. Just go to whatever line is the Kachuk line on. I thought the Barkov line was fine. The Kachuk line didn't do anything on Saturday. Carter Verhage had four goals. Duclair had four assists. Barkov had the points bonus. So it's not as easy as a as an answer here now with Florida. Anton Lundell not even on any power play unit. E2 Lusterina on the second power play unit. And Kachuk is on the top unit. Now the top line, it's kind of the same deal. You only get one guy on the top power play unit with Barkov. So you're not really stacking for the power play 
I guess uh, you could power play stack, but you're going across three even strength lines. So it's just a question of which even strength line do you want to play? Yeah, I, I, I want to start on the Buffalo side here because they're not coming in with a whole lot of ownership. <laughs> um, like we just, we just talked about Ottawa's top line, not having much ownership tonight. And they don't, the projected ownership is 0.1%. Like I expect Ottawa one to be under 1%. The Buffalo top line is also coming in under 1% at 0.6%. So, um, and they're only $200 more expensive. So they're basically the same price. So would you rather play Buffalo one going into Florida or Ottawa one going into Carolina? You know what I mean? Like, that's why I just, I've no interest in Ottawa's because there are lines at the same prices in better spots at, at almost no ownership. And this is one of them. Um, so it should be noted that Buffalo's top line was playing well offensively before Thompson got hurt, but they were only shooting 8%. And that's kind of the thing with a lot of lines, like we brought up before, like with Ottawa at times this season with Pittsburgh, um, there are times that Dallas, uh, where these elite top lines go in a dry spell sort of just because of shooting percentages. But I also want to point out, Tage Thompson only had 36 shots in 13 games in the month of March. That's like 2.7, 2.8 shots per game. That's not close to Tage Thompson levels. Now, he, you know, he missed three games. So maybe he was playing through an injury during that time as the team was fighting for a playoff spot. And they just said, you know, it's too much eventually. And they just gave him a week off. Maybe that's what it was. But it's worth noting that he had let up on his shooting uh, quite a bit in March before um, he left the lineup. But there's no ownership on that line. The problem is, is they're going into that Barkov-Duclair line. And Barkov and Duclair, even going back to last year, are really, really good defensively. Um, you add Carter Verhage and that they're going to be a really, really good defensive line. Like I was just looking at Barkov-Duclair this season. 1.7 expected goals against. It's just they're sitting at 3.3 goals against because the Florida goaltending has let them down. And that would be a reason why I would play Buffalo. One of the reasons is the Florida goaltending really hasn't been great. Like when you're relying on Alex Leon to keep your like faint playoff hopes alive, you're really stretching (laughs) for a miracle here. Um, So I really do like Buffalo one here. It's not a great match against Barkov, but Florida takes a ton of penalties Three and a half times shorthanded per game this season. Buffalo's above average by drawing power plays. All three guys are going to be on the top power play unit. Buffalo one is one of the expensive lines, the expensive under own lines that I like here tonight. As far as the power play goes, before Thompson got hurt, Victor Olofsson was on the top power play unit. It, it wasn't Cousins or, or Quinn. Quinn. Cousins had been moved off by that point. So they could just run the top line plus Olofsson, right? And then put Cousins, Quinn, and Paterka on the second power play unit. I think that would kind of make sense. And then when the power play is over, you can run out like that, that Krebs, Oposo, Gergensen's line or whatever, um, you know, to, to counteract the opposing top line that will be coming out after. So I think that's what's going to happen is you're going to see Olsen on the top power play. But that's honestly, it's just a guess. And it could be Cousins. It could be Quinn. Um, it could be middle stats. So uh, it, it is a bit up in the air, but I still like Buffalo one regardless. Consequently, I also like Florida one. Um, I think both Florida lines are certainly in play here. Florida one has been generating a lot 
with Duclair there, uh, 3.6 expected goals, 4.6 actual goals. Um, Verhage has 20 shots in his last five games, and that's with, I think, three, maybe four games off the power play. So he's still shooting a lot, even without the power play. The Buffalo top line is pretty poor defensively, so it's a good matchup for Florida. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung. More wow than ever. I do like both top lines in this in this game. You know, the Florida top line is a lot less expensive. It's like $3,000 less expensive. So they're not quite in the same price range. All things considered, I would rather play Buffalo. But I think both top lines are firmly in play here. I, I just want to mention Devin Levi because I, I know... You know, it was it was just one game, and you don't you can't read anything into one game for a goalie in the NHL, and you can't read a whole lot into even a full season of college hockey success or two seasons even. But just every time I've watched him play, he is an impressive goalie. And what I wrote, I wrote, I write about season long fantasy hockey. What I wrote about with regards to Devin Levi was I, my grand. My grand theory for goaltending is the elite goaltenders in the NHL just focus better. And it, it might seem simple, but being able to keep your focus, like, I mean, razor sharp focus for an entire NHL game, game in and game out, season in and season out is not easy. It is very hard to do. And I think the elite goalies, the Connor Hellebucks, the UC Saros, those guys, the Elias Sorokins, they just focus a lot better than most other goalies. Um, that might even that could be elite, like a Jacob Marstrom or a Thatcher Demko or something like that. And I think Devin Levi, just whether it's watching him in college, watching him, you know, and with the national team, watching him um, in that one game, his focus is tremendous. And there was even like he does meditation between whistles. Like there was a picture of him. He kneels in front of the net when they're scraping the ice to kind of meditate and clear his head to keep his focus. And I think that's incredibly impressive for a young goalie. All that to say, I think there is a reasonable chance that he's actually a really, really good goalie right now. And that's the one thing that concerns me from a Florida aspect. Yeah, and Levi's been priced on DraftKings because DraftKings stopped pricing goalies. Yeah, So this is what it is. I think Levi is in play tonight for sure. I also like Florida. I mean, the game has a seven total, so there's going to be goals scored. Yeah. Detroit Red Wings, a 3.3 total heading into Montreal. The Canadiens have a 3.1 total. Another min price goalie, Caden Primo, is confirmed. Billy Huso also confirmed. Looks like Montreal's lines are a bit jumbled. Looks like Nick Suzuki with Jesse Yelonen and Sean Farrell. Running Gallagher with Jake Evans and Mike Hoffman. 
Joel Armia back in the lineup with Johnny Duran and Dennis Gurionov. Detroit running back Larkin Perron and Kubalik. Cop Raymond and Marco Casper. Uh, Casper's out, I think. Oh, Casper's out. Yeah, Top Stacks has him up there. But that is kind of irrelevant tonight. I think this game for me on the Detroit side is Detroit won. Uh, they are around the same price as Carolina one, and I think I would much prefer to play Detroit one, even though they're on the road than Carolina at home tonight. It's weird to say, but DFS is a weird game. So I, I do like Detroit one here. On the Montreal side, don't know if I'm full stacking, but there is some merit to one-offing some players, you know, like a Brandon Gallagher, a Dennis Gurionov, a Sean Farrell, this and that. I don't know if I'm full stack, though. Yeah, I, I'm i not going to go in too much on Montreal. There's just not a lot I like here. Like, there's there's just way too many injuries on this side. And it wasn't a good team to begin with, and they're missing, like, nine players out of the, out of the lineup or something like that. So, uh, yeah, not a whole lot I like on the Montreal side. What I will say is that Jake Evans and Brendan Gallagher are at least – about break even by expected goal share this year and are above average by expected goals for per 60 minutes. So being break even on this Montreal team is pretty impressive and being above average by expected goals for is also pretty impressive. So if you want a two man like Evans and Gallagher or something like that, I think that would be the line I would look to the Evans Gallagher Hoffman line. I think you can leave Hoffman off. But if you want to leave him on because he's on the power play, go right ahead. Um, but it's the Hoffman-Gallagher-Evans line I would look to. I'd be more inclined to two-man something like Evans and Gallagher, Evans and Hoffman, something like that, rather than full stack. But that's pretty much it from a Montreal perspective. On the Detroit side, I agree with you. It's the Detroit top line. Um, with Casper out, I think Pia Suter's going to get moved up. Uh, like I don't think it really matters, honestly, whether it's Suter, whether it's Adam Ernie, like whether it's Joe Valeno, like, it doesn't really matter. Um, the Detroit top line, the Perron Kubelik Larkin line has been really good this season. They're up to 135 minutes, 3.3 expected goals for per 60, 6.2 actual goals for. Now they're shooting 15%. That's high. But even if they're shooting 10%, they're still scoring over two four goals per 60 minutes of five on five because they're generating so much. There's no matchup on the Montreal side to worry about, whether it's the Suzuki line, whether it's the Evans and Gallagher line. Like, there's no league average defensive line or better on the Montreal side. Uh, Montreal is taking more penalties than the league average, and their penalty kill is absolutely atrocious. And our good buddy, Alex Chason, has really helped the Detroit top power play. Um, with Chason on the top power play unit, they're up to 30 minutes now, which is still... It's a relatively small sample, but, you know, that's 15 power plays or so, give or take. I mean, you know, probably more than that because you don't play the full two minutes when you score. But 120 shot attempts, 72 shots, and 14 goals per 60 minutes. The goals are a bit high, again. But, again, if you knock off about a third of their shooting percentage, um, they're still scoring 9 to 10 goals per 60, which is pretty good for this, for a Detroit power play, for most power plays, really. Um, I really like Detroit one here. I agree with you. I'd way rather play them with Carolina and they are one of my favorite, like middle price lines on the entire slate. Yeah. I woke up a little bit earlier than I wanted this morning to a message from you saying about Alex Chieson. I read it, chose to ignore it. And I rolled over <laughs> back to sleep. I just, I can't handle Alex Chieson in DFS anymore, man. That guy 
you full stack Edmonton power play last year, Alex Chase on three point game, eight minutes of ice time. It's just like, he's just brutal for DFS. But I mean, like, I guess you could one off him if you're, if you're really feeling spicy, he's only 3,300. Pittsburgh Penguins with a three total heading into New Jersey. The Lindy Ruffs have a 3.6 total. Tristan Jari confirmed VTech Vanacek is probable. Uh, Lindy Ruff up to Lindy Ruff things. Uh, New Jersey Devils going with Palat, Hughes, and Bratt. Heesher, Mercer, Tatar, and then Halla, Timo Meyer, Jesper, Botquist. <sighs> Pittsburgh going with Crosby, Rutz, Gensel, Raquel, Zucker, Malkin. Now, there's no, almost no ownership on the Pittsburgh top line. Uh, 1.5%. One, one the problem is they're going to get Heesher, uh, Tatar, Mercer, and they've been very good defensively this year. I don't mind that second line. Uh, they create a whole bunch, a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, almost no ownership. I think in my, if I was MMEing, even in 20 max, having one pit two being way over the field, I think is fine. Uh, on the New Jersey side, I think it's probably Hughes and Bratt. Like, if Timo's not going to be with Nico Heischer, I'm going to go with whoever Brat is playing with, and that is Jack Hughes. So that is my preferred line on the Devils. Uh um, Yeah, okay. I'll start on the Pittsburgh side. Like, okay. <laughs> No, but I was just trying to think of uh, a reason to play Pittsburgh. The problem is, is it's it's just the exact same thing as the Ottawa problem, right? Is like – they're in that price range with Buffalo. They're in the same ownership range as Buffalo and Buffalo. I think Buffalo is just in a better matchup. So I'd rather go play Buffalo. Like that's, that's the problem here. And the other problem is with Thomas Tatar back on that top line, like why they ever took Thomas Tatar off the top line. I don't know. The numbers with him and Hisher on the ice together are just absolutely absurd. Um, but just, even if you add Dawson Mercer on the other side, who's not particularly good defensively, the defensive numbers are still great. Tatar Mercer and Hisher have 215 minutes together at five on five this season, 4.3 expected goals four per 60, two against per 60 at five on five, 3.6 actual goals, 2.2 actual goals against at five on five. Like they are just dominating. And whether it's goals scored or whether it's goals allowed, it doesn't matter. They're dominating the opposition. And that's the matchup Pittsburgh is going to run into. And I get like, it's kind of the same as, you know, running into that Barkov matchup for Buffalo. Um, by the same token, New Jersey has has a better penalty kill. I think New Jersey has a better goalie, et cetera, et cetera. I think there are reasons to play Buffalo. So like, that's just kind of my problem with playing at least the Pittsburgh top line in this one. The New Jersey second line um, with Brat and Platt there hasn't been as good defensively, but still pretty good. And that's the matchup that that Malkin line is running into. I like, if anything, I would think I would rather play the Malkin line because the Penguins power play hat was better in March than it was than it had been in January, and February, but still not great. Um, like the Detroit power play that we just talked about was better. And the New Jersey penalty kill, typically very good. New Jersey also doesn't take a lot of penalties. Like that line has to get there pretty much entirely at five on five. And that's why I think I prefer Pittsburgh two over Pittsburgh one. They're cheaper. 
I think it's a better five on five matchup. And um, you don't, you know, you still get two guys on the top power play unit if the power play does do something. So um, where there's no ownership coming on pit two, I, I think I'd rather play Pittsburgh two than Pittsburgh one here tonight. Uh, on the New Jersey side, <laughs> like there's really three lines in play here. Uh, for me, I would probably go to the Hisher Mercer Tatar line just because um, they do have a bigger sample of playing well together. Like I'm still not sold on Andre Palat. His war is down 50% from his three-year average in Tampa Bay. Uh, like his wins above replacement per 60 minutes is down 50%. Uh, he's just not having a, like a really good season. Um, I wonder if Timo Meyer is Myers just not going to find his way back to the second line by the middle of the second period. You know what I mean? Um, I think both uh, top New Jersey, top two New Jersey lines are fine. I prefer the Hisher Mercer Tatar line. If you want to go to the Hughes line, because uh, Hughes and Brad are on the top power play unit, it's not a bad power play matchup for them either. Um, but I just think I, I prefer the longer sample, the bigger sample of Hisher Mercer and Tatar just playing so well together. Um, they're another one of those like Detroit one ask mid price lines that I like here tonight. Yeah, I'm in concur. I I concur. Yeah, I concur with you on pit two. It's just like I don't know. Every time I discount Jason Zucker, he buries me. Oh, so yeah. like I've come, I've come around on Zucker. That like that line with Raquel is very good. So yeah, pit two would be my preferred option there. As we mentioned at the top of the show, we are sponsored by Bet three sixty five, and we have a great deal for you. Bet. $1 and get $200 in bonus bets at Bet365. All you got to do is click the link in, in the description below. It will take you to wherever you need to go. You sign up, you, you bet $1, you get $200 in free bonus bets. It's available in New Jersey, Colorado, Ohio, and Virginia. They are expanding to more states as the year goes on, so make sure to check uh, that out. Deposit is required. Bonus bet winnings are added to bonus bet balance. Bonus bet wager excluded from returns. Terms and conditions apply. And if you or someone else you know has a gambling problem, please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's move on to the next one here. Columbus Blue Jackets with a 2.5 total heading into Toronto. The Leafs have a 4.4 total. That's kind of bonkers. Um, but it is Jet Greaves. That's a great name for a goalie, by the way. He should have been in the Mighty Ducks. Jet Greaves and Joseph Waller confirmed. Jet Greaves, 6,800 on DraftKings. Joseph Wall, min price. Uh, Leafs doing some weird things in practice or with their lines. And I, I just think they're just trying stuff out. Uh, it's Cal Yarncroft, Michael Bunting, Austin Matthews, and then Willie Nylander and Mitch Marner with John Tavares. That is. Um, quite the top six there both of them are getting heavy heavy ownership uh they're both coming in around the same ownership 20 percent, which is crazy um the matthews line is way less expensive but they have a much lower uh top two percentage so they're way more negative leverage i just don't think these lines are going to stick uh throughout the game so i guess you power play stack here um the second line is fully correlated on the top power play, so I think full stacking them is fine because they're all going to be on the power play. It's just a concern that I, I don't think bunting makes it through the game. They really like Matthews and Yarncroft. I think Marner moves back up there at some point. Uh, Keith 
is just trying to, you know, mix and match, see what he he has. But I, I just imagine even if it's like a close-ish game going into the third, you're not going to see bunting on that top line. No, I yeah, um, I I think we're you're going to see just a lot of a lot of movement through this game. Like, there's no reason for them to stick with lines really against Columbus. Like, I was looking at Columbus's recent stretch. They've allowed at least six goals in six of their last ten games. It's like I'm trying to find reasons to say don't play Toronto here tonight. Um, I'm starting to come up a little empty. Obviously, the top line with Austin Matthews is not an ideal combination. I was looking at the numbers for Matthews and Yarncroft when they have any winger but Nylander or Marner on their wing, and the numbers are not good. Um, exactly even by shot attempts for and against. Two and a half expected goals for per 60 minutes, which is basically league average. The other the problem is, is, is Matthew's been shooting a lot lately. Um, 45 shots in his last 10 games. If you discount the game where he had 15 shots against Carolina, because otherwise he's at 60 shots in his last 11 games. Uh, fading that uh, feels kind of tough. And then you have the second line of Nylander, Tavares, and Marner. Like, I wonder, if, you know, by the third period, if Nylander's not on the third line and, you know, they move up like a Zach Aston Reese or something like that um, to try to balance things out a little bit more. Like, I don't think Nylander, Marner, and Tavares play the whole game together. Problem is, is that they're probably going to be, like, they're all going to be on the power play together, right? And um, Columbus's penalty kill has just fallen apart over the last six weeks, which, like, you got to kind of give him a break. <laughs> like every single, defense, yeah, every <laughs> single defenseman they have is either traded or injured. So uh, you can't really like hang too much on them. Um, but it is a pretty good power play spot for Toronto in that sense. So I think like if you don't want to stack a line because you're worried about them getting broken up, and I am worried about them getting broken up, I think just focusing on the big four, the power play guys, is the way to go. Um, Ice time, I think, is certainly a concern here, but it's also one of those, like, you know, if Marner only plays 18 minutes, it's probably because they're up 5 nothing after the second period or something like that. Um, I would focus on the four power play guys here. It would be uh, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander. I would be pretty hard-pressed to make a Toronto stack here tonight and not have Matthews on it. Um, I think there are times where that's certainly viable, I don't think I would do it against arguably the worst defensive team in the Eastern Conference. So I, I, I would probably be power play stacking Toronto here. There's nothing of interest for me on the Columbus side. Should note Jack Rosovic back on the second line. So at least Kent Johnson has something to play with. Um, but there's no interest for me on the Columbus side. Kent Johnson, baby. Uh, I have a Kent Johnson problem. But yeah, I, generally, I, I, I agree. I don't have any interest in Columbus tonight other than Ken Johnson. No, no Ken Johnson tonight. Vegas Golden Knights with a 3.2 total. Heading into Nashville, the Predators have a 2.8 total. Jonathan Wick confirmed Kevin Lankinen is probable. Vegas going with Eichel, Marcheseau, Barbashev. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung.
We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Pavel uh, Dorfiev, Will and Carlson, Riley Smith. Uh, Vegas played last night against, they're in Minnesota. Now they're traveling to Nashville. I don't think that's a really long flight, but Nashville is pretty bad. Uh, Evangelista, Novak, Sherwood. Tomasino, Glass, uh, Igor, Afanasayev. Not too much ownership on this game. The the two of the highest owned lines are coming in under 4%. Those are the Ica line and the Evangelista line. Uh, that makes sense to me. Uh, I, I do like that Ica line here tonight. They're fully correlated. Again, finally, on the top power play unit, Nashville's penalty kill, not very good. National side, also like their best players right now are Novak and Evangelista. They are a bit expensive, though. The, the problem is like Vegas just doesn't take penalties, so they have to get their five on five. So I, I think I much prefer the Vegas side here. Yeah, um, especially where Sorrow started last night. So you got to assume it's going to be Kevin Lankin in tonight, right? Like anytime you can play Nashville with this lineup with Sorrow's not starting, it, I think we should definitely be paying attention. Not to say Lankin is bad. Like Lankin has actually had a, a good season. Um, he's just not UC Saros. Like UC Saros could be could finish top three for the Vesna this season. Like that's the kind of year that he's had. Um, I'm going to start on the Nashville side real quick. Like a lot of times we talk about fading Nashville when they're at home and they're super chalky. They're coming in a little bit overowned here, but it's nothing egregious. Like 4% on the Evangelista line, like you said, 1% on the Tomasino line. Um, a little bit overowned, but not terrible. And the Vegas top line over the last three weeks, 3.4 expected goals against. The Vegas second line, the Carlson Dorfeyev um, Smith line, 3.2 expected goals against. Um, it has been good goaltending from Vegas that has kind of saved this team. Uh, I, one of our Somebody brought it up in Discord earlier today about how Vegas had been looking pretty bad defensively. And the reason that they're still winning games is their PDO, which is shooting percentage plus save percentage, is top three over the last six weeks. Um, you know, if you're top three by sh by shooting and save percentages, uh, you're going to win some hockey games. That, like almost no matter uh, what uh, your shot generation and, and shots against look like. But they are allowing quite a bit. And, you know, all it takes is just one off game from the goaltender. And, you know, Nashville scores five or six or, you know, or something like that. You know what I mean? So I don't actually mind the Novak line here. Um, 
you know, if you want to go to Glass Tomasino Afinseyev, I think you can do that. But they don't, they seem to be kind of, I don't want to say down on Cody Glass, but his usage has been kind of yo-yoed over the last three months, I guess. Uh, whereas at least lately, the Novak Evangelista line has been kind of consistent in their usage. So where they're at two and a half expected goals for, at least that's league average. You get Novak and Evangelista on the top power play unit. Um, I think that's where I would go for Nashville. Like, I think they're a fine, cheap line. Like, Vegas doesn't really scare me from a defensive perspective. Like, not with the way that they've been playing, especially since Mark Stone got hurt. So, um, don't mind that no-back line here. But I'm with you. I'm more interested on the Vegas side. It's the Vegas top line. 3.2 expected goals for over the last three weeks. Four actual goals while shooting under 12%. So, like, they're not riding it super hot shooting percentage or anything like that. Like 11.8% is a little high, but it's not extreme or anything. Um, what, Like you said, they're all in the top power play unit. Now, the power play is bad. Um, bad, yeah, you can just say it's bad. I, I hate saying it, but yeah, it's bad. But the Nashville penalty kill, also bad. Um, what's been saving Nashville is the goaltending namely UC Saros and without Saros and net they're asking a lot of Kevin Lankin. And so I don't even think like it's every, every matchup is a bad power play matchup for Vegas. Cause they just don't draw a lot of power plays, but I think this is one of the better power play spots that they could possibly get. So I'm with you. I like Vegas one most in this game, but I don't mind the Tommy Novak line for Nashville side either. Yeah. It's an interesting game since both teams are on a back to back here, but you know, Got to keep everything in mind this type of season, like or this time of year. If it was 11-game slate in, like, October and both these teams are on a back-to-back, you kind of poo-poo it to the – but, you know, these are – especially on the national side, these are younger kids who have something to prove. So, like, back-to-back, not a huge deal here. Philadelphia Flyers with a 3.1 total. Heading into St. Louis, the Blues have a 3.4 total. Min Price, Sam Erson – Confirmed for Flyers, Jordan Bennington. Confirmed for the Blues. I don't know what to say about Bennington anymore. He's a legit psycho. Uh, Rob Thomas is a game-time decision here. If he does play, no idea where he's slotting in. Literally no clue. Because we were talking a little bit before the show. Like You would assume he's going to slot in with Ron on Kapanen. But Craig Berube just loves Jake Neighbors for some reason. So who knows where he's going to be? Like, we just don't know. We can assume he's going to take Jake Neighbor's spot and it would be Verona, Kappen, and Thomas, but, you know, we just don't know. I I bet if Thomas plays, it's Verona that goes down to the third line to play with, like, Sammy Blaze and Logan Brown or something like that. Or That, yeah. I, I, I generally agree with that sentiment. It, it's just, like, it's, it's a mess. Um, as it is, like, with that in mind... I think I want to play the Shen Kairu line a bit more. They're a little bit more expensive, but you know, they're both on the top power play unit. Sod won't kill you there. Like I'm not super enthusiastic about playing the blues, but like they have a 3.4 total. They're getting some ownership. This is a great matchup. Urson has not been good at all this year. So I don't know. Like, I don't want to play the blues, but I feel like you have to consider them. So, I'm on the Philly side here. Um, 
That's St. Louis. I know. Okay. I'm going to have to explain myself here. Um, That Shen Saad Kairu line doesn't have a big sample. They're only up to 65 minutes, which is like five, six games worth of ice time. It's not a lot. But Kairu and Shen have generally struggled defensively a lot this year when they played together. Generally speaking, their defensive numbers are pretty bad. And in the small sample of Kairu Shen with Brandon Saad there, 3.3 expected goals against per 60 minutes, which is about 30, 30% worse than league average. 3.6 actual goals against, which is about 40% worse than league average. They're giving up 78 shot attempts against per 60 minutes at five on five. That's basically a good penalty kill. That's that's the way the St. Louis top line is playing defensively when they're on the ice. They're basically a good penalty kill. And if you're a good penalty kill at five on five, that means you suck defensively. And Philly doesn't have a hundred percent confirmed lines because uh, I think they were 11, seven at morning skate today. And they didn't officially run lines, but they had guys in different colored jerseys anyway. Tippett, Frost, and Travis Konechny look like they're going to be aligned. It's not confirmed, but they look like they're going to be aligned. Tippett, Frost, and Konechny are expensive. They're $17,800. That's not like super expensive, but it is expensive for a Philadelphia line. They're not coming in with any ownership, 2 to 3%. Their top two stack percentage is 5 to 6%, which means um, they have uh, positive leverage. This Philly line has a higher top two stack probability than the Ottawa top line that we talked about earlier this slate and about the same top two stack probability as the Hughes Brat line from New Jersey that we just talked about a couple games ago. So yeah, I'm more on the flyer side here. I'm on the Tippett Konechny Frost line. Um, I Going into that Shen matchup is a great matchup for that Philly top line. Um, I really... I think you might only get Tippett on the top power play unit. You might get Tippett and Connecting. I think Tippett and Connecting were both on the top power play in the last game. So at least you might get two out of the three guys on the top power play unit together for whatever that's worth. But at least Travis Connecting is back and can help out. I don't know. It's the St. Louis penalty kill is pretty bad, as is the Flyers. But um, I think it's a much better matchup from the Philly side than it is from the St. Louis side. Um you're going to get them at probably half the ownership, $2,000 more expensive, granted, but you're probably going to get them at half the ownership. Honestly, I think it's the Philly top line of Konechny, Tippett, and Frost that I like best in this game and by a fair margin as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Bennington's trash. Blues are bad defensively. I think you got to consider both sides, honestly. Like, I kind of was focused more on the blue side, but now I'm going to, you know, after the show, I'll go take a deeper look on the Philly side, like connecting being back. If that is a line, like even if Thomas goes out against them, it, like Kapanen or whoever's with them, they're not going to be great defensively. Yeah. So, I, I mean, like I would have interest in like Kapanen, Vrana, Thomas, but I don't want to just leave like a placeholder lineup there and then maybe have to swap everything out with, you know, half the slate already locked or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just not ideal, especially because Kapanen's a center on DraftKings too. Yeah. 
Let's move on to the next one here. These games just keep on coming. Chicago Blackhawks with a 2.1 total heading into Calgary. The Flames have a 3.9 total. Peter Mrazek, Jacob Markstrom is confirmed. Jacob Markstrom should not be 8,500. Like if he was a 6,500 goalie tonight, I probably still wouldn't even play him. Uh, he's been that bad this season. Now, what line has been very good this season, the sample's getting bigger. The numbers are sticking. Elias Lindholm, Tyler DeFoley, Andrew Mangiapane. Lindholm, just kind of a guy there. The the really good stuff is with DeFoley and Mangiapane. Um, this is a great matchup. They're a little bit over-owned for my liking. Ice time is not super, but they are fully correlated. 3.9 total. I, I do really like that Calgary top line. And I will say, Huberdo, Backlund, and Coleman. Huberdo has looked alive a little bit. He's looked alive. So I think there's multiple lines here. Yeah, there is. I think there's at least two lines on the Calgary side to play. I'm not going to go in on the Chicago side. I think you and I are both on the same not playing Chicago boat here tonight. Um, you know, if you want a one-off, the, the, the typical guys that you want a one-off, like a, a Taylor Radish or something like that, I think that's fine. But I'm not stacking Chicago here going into Calgary. Chicago typically makes hay on the power play, and this is a brutal power play matchup for them. So I'm out on stacking the Blackhawks. On the Calgary side, I agree with you with the Foley, Linol, Majapani. Like, I know they're coming in a bit over-owned, uh, 8% top two stack probability, 12% ownership. That is negative leverage. At the same time, it's on 11 game slate, right? Like there are lots of ways to get different, e- even if one of your lines is over owned. What I will say is that Chicago's not necessarily been terrible defensively. Um, I think, uh, like, you know, they're certainly not a good defensive team. Um, but I was looking basically since the trade deadline, their defensive numbers are better than Nashville's and basically in line with Vegas. Like Nashville, not a very good team though. Vegas is kind of bad. Like I get what you're saying. Like the beginning of the season, Chicago was just awful. Like, right. Like they're not in, they're not in Anaheim or Columbus. You know what I mean? That's, that's kind of the point that I'm trying to get across here is that they're not like that very bottom of the barrel Anaheim Columbus. I think you can even put San Jose in there at this point. Uh, They're not that Um, they've still lost a lot of games because they're not very good. (laughs) You know, half, half that lineup should probably be in the AHL, but they are, playing together as a team with you have to give them credit for that um so i'm not super excited about playing calgary i will say i would play the toffoli lindholm manjapani line for two reasons one they are perfectly correlated as you said on the top power play unit uh the other is they're just generating more um four expected goals per 60 minutes of five on five over the last four weeks uh five and a half actual goals um, their expected goals for numbers are about 30% higher than the second line. So just all things being equal, I would rather play the, the Toffoli, Lindholm, Manjipani line. They, they, they've just been playing better. You know what I mean? So I, I think both top two Calgary lines are perfectly fine. It is just the first line for, you know, for it being perfectly correlated and for playing better offensively. I, I just think that there's a better line. Um, there's negative leverage on both lines. So it's, you know, kind of pick your poison. I'd just rather pick the one that has been playing better offensively. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, still kind of with all things in mind, like ownership and matchup and all that stuff, similar price. I think I still prefer Detroit one. Yeah. Take that for what you will. Telling the Red Wings in April. Get access to all of our MLB content projections, ownership, top stacks tools, top pitchers tools, top data tools, the lineup generator, Discord, and much more. You can get it for just $9 for your first nine days. Click the link in the description below. It will automatically populate the codes you need. If you can't figure that out, go to the site, use promo code PLAYBALL, and you can get everything for $9 for your first nine days. So check that out. I really, really do like the MLB tools. I've been playing way heavier than I should in MLB to start the season, considering it is the end of NHL season, and I'm still not accustomed to the MLB players yet. It takes me a while. But the the uh, tools on the site have helped me a lot. So $9 for your first nine days. Click the link in the description below. Use promo code PLAYBALL. Seattle. 3.3 total. Heading into Vancouver, the Canucks have a 3.3 total as well. Seattle played last night. They absolutely mopped the floor with the Coyotes, 8 to 1. Uh, Philip Grubauer is in net last night. So it's party Marty Jones in net for Seattle. Colin Delia confirmed for the Canucks. What a festival this is going to be. Uh, Pedersen, Kuzmenko still with Dakota Joshua, Philip DiGiuseppe with JT Miller, Brock Besser, Anthony Bavillier down on the third line. Looks like Vitaly Kratzoff is going to be a healthy scratch. Not that that is DFS relevant. Uh, Seattle going with McCann, you know, the same, the same, the same crew. Not, not too much ownership here on Seattle. Like there's none. I don't know, man. I feel like Seattle's an interesting filler here. I know they played last night, but they put up eight goals. Um, it's not like Vancouver is much better defensively than Arizona. Like Arizona's top line is a good line, just like Vancouver one is a good line. But after that, it gets really dicey. So I, I kind of like Seattle here tonight. You want to play that Vancouver top line, the Pedersen, Kuzmanko, Dakota, Joshua line? I, yeah, they're all right. But they're kind of, you know, Pedersen's really expensive. I don't know. I, I'm not super thrilled about playing Vancouver, except for the fact that it's back to back on the road and Marty Jones is on that, which is the problem. So what if I told you that over the, that since the trade deadline, which was 31 days ago, 32 days ago, the Vancouver Canucks and the Boston Bruins had the exact same expected goals against Mark. I'm retiring. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, swear to, I swear to God, over Vancouver's last 15 games, they're at 2.34 expected goals against. It's the same mark as the Boston Bruins, better than teams like Winnipeg, Tampa, Calgary, and the Islanders. Um, and that's actually translating to goals against. Their goals against per 60 minutes of five on five are is 2.15 over their last 15 games, sixth in the NHL. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung. 
more wow than ever. I think it's well, I think it's a combination of a couple things. One, JT Miller has been playing better since Rick Tockett got there. Like, you have to give him credit for that. The other is they stopped playing Oliver Ekman Larson, who was like just a catastrophic this year. And putting in an a, just a, a random AHLer was a big upgrade for them. That's how bad Ekman Larson had been. Um, Vancouver's been playing pretty well defensively, they're not giving up much and it bears out when you look at the numbers like Pedersen and Dakota Joshua 1.5 expected goals against per 60 minutes together when they're playing together this season um even the Vancouver second line the Miller Besser D Giuseppe line which should be terrible defensively over the last three weeks is 2.7 expected goals against which is a little bit worse than league average but not like abominable or anything like that um, three months ago, that number might have been 3.7 instead of 2.7. Um, like Vancouver has been playing better defensively. Like you, you have to give him credit for it. Um, and the penalty kill was a lot better in the month of March as well. Um, if you want to look again, you know, just over their last 15 games, um, basically the middle of the league by shots against, basically middle of the league by goals against. And middle of the league for that penalty kill, considering where they were in the first four months of the year, pretty amazing. I don't know, man. At the outset of the slate, I was pretty excited to play Seattle, um, expecting some fairly low ownership. There is low ownership on them. I think Seattle's fine to play because of the low ownership. I'm just not as excited to play them now as I was. If I were to play anything, it would be the McCann Beneers Eberly line. Um, at least they're generating by an above average rate, 2.6 expected goals for um, 3.8 actual goals over their last 60 minutes, shooting only 10.5%, which is perfectly fine. It's well within range. Um, it is the Beneers line I like best, but I'm not super excited about playing Seattle here. On the Vancouver side, the number, the offensive numbers with Joshua are not that great. Um the shot attempts per 60 minutes with Joshua next to Pedersen brings Pedersen's shot attempts down about 22%, which is a pretty big drop. Um, the Seattle penalty kill has been better. Has In fact, it's been good over the last six weeks. Um, if anything, I would play the Pedersen line. It's just kind of like my binky. Um, it's, you know, it's my favorite that I always go back to. But I think this is another game where... At the outset of the day, I had a lot of interest in stacking both sides. And honestly, now, after researching it, I don't have interest in stacking either side. What happened? Josh, you there, bud? Am I here? Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. I must have cut off the end of your sentence. I thought you were still talking. I'm just looking off into space. So good times. Good times right. had by all here. Yeah, yeah. Here I am. Sorry. Blacked out. But yeah, no. That is it is kind of crazy that, that Boston uh Vancouver stat. So yeah. I was kind of excited about playing some Seattle. I guess I have to reconsider that. Uh, I will what, put that what I will say, what I will say is that it's Colin Delee and that and not Thatcher Demko, that does make a difference. Uh, the Demko had been yeah. playing pretty well. I like Dalia, but he's not Demko, so that does make a difference. Yeah, 
all things considered, we will reconsider the considering. Edmonton Oilers with a 3.5 total. Heading into Los Angeles, the Kings have a three total. Stuart Skinner, probable Phoenix Copley is confirmed. Uh, Fiala and Gabe Velarde are out tonight, so the third line is going to be Ayafala, Blake Lazat, Arthur Kaliev. Literally no ownership here on Edmonton tonight. Scares the absolute daylights out of me now. L.A. top six defensively are just absolute meat grinders. The problem is the L.A. penalty kill is not great, and the Oilers feast on the power play. So, like, I'm kind of in a conundrum here because this is an awful five-on-five matchup. This is a very good power play matchup. And Connor McDavid's coming in at 1% right now. He is 10,300, which is really, really expensive. Man, this is a very good power play spot. Yeah, McDavid, 0.8% ownership. Uh, It's an 11-game slate, man. Um, So there is no ownership on Edmonton. The top line is super expensive. Hyman, Nugent, Hawkins, and McDavid. It's approaching 25,000 on DraftKings. They are generating a lot. 3.8 3.8 expected goals for um, over their last 75 minutes, 3.8 expected per 60 minutes. What I will say is that Hyman's not been shooting a lot lately, even though he's been on the top line with McDavid, only 26 shots over his last 10 games. Now he has five goals in his last 10 games. So, you know, he's still scoring, but um, where Hyman was so valuable early in the season was that he would score a goal on seven shots and you would get that, you know, shot bonus from DraftKings. Um, hasn't really been the case lately. I don't think it matters too much which uh, line goes out against McDavid. What I will say is that the Kings second line with Trevor Moore there, since Trevor Moore came back from injury, they haven't been their normal defensive selves. They typically are really good defensively. But over the last three weeks, 3.0 expected goals against per 60 minutes of 5-on-5. That's about 20% worse than the league average. You know, there are reasons to play that Edmonton top line here tonight. Absurdly low ownership. I don't think the matchup going up against Deneau and Moore might be as bad as it otherwise has been. It's not a bad power play matchup for them. Uh, I might be figuring out a way to try to get some of those Edmonton power play guys in a lineup here tonight. Um, I think this might be a spot... McDavid is matchup proof. Like, let's just get that out of the way. Um, this might be a spot where I would go in place, especially with Mikey Anderson out. Like, Mikey Anderson out for for Los Angeles on the blue line. He's takes by far away, the best defensive defense. Takes away their best defensive defenseman. Um, you know, Gavrikov and Doughty. Gavrikov might be able to fill that role, maybe, but we'll have to see. I really do like the Edmonton top line, the Edmonton power play guys here tonight. Now, if you want to take out a, a super expensive guy to throw in a cheap Yamamoto or something like that. I think you can do that, but I do like the Edmonton side here. Quite honestly, I'm not playing the King side. Um, I think the I think the Kopitar Kempi line is fine. Um, I would probably play them, especially where you get Kopitar and Kempi on the top power play unit that has Arvidsson there now. Uh, but the second line with Trevor Moore there, like, they have a big shooting percentage problem going back to last year and you have to be able to finish your chances. 
Uh, for me, it'd be Kings one, if anything, but it's the Edmonton power play guys I like most in this game. Yeah, I do too. I think, like, the Kings are all right. The thing is, like, I don't know, man. Like, they feel like they've kind of been power play reliant too. Like, I know Edmonton's goalies have been up and down, but Edmonton's not, they haven't been awful defensively, so... I don't know. I, I think I'm in the same boat here. I, I much prefer the Edmonton side. Anytime you can get McDavid that well owned, it's just horrifying. So, I mean, yeah. for, for, uh, like we'll get to Colorado. I mean, actually, let's just get to that Colorado game right now because I think it, it makes for an interesting discussion I want to bring up real quick. Yeah, Colorado Avalanche, the 3.8 total heading into San Jose. The Sharks have a 2.6 total. Alexander Yorgiev is probable. Capo Kakinen is confirmed. Looks like Thomas Bordalo is finally in the player pool. Uh, Daniil Gushkin also in the player pool. Uh, looks like the Avalanche going with the top line of McKinnon, Ranton, and, and Nishushkin. Nishushkin. Yeah. Uh, Arturi Lekkinen has been practicing. I don't think he's going to be playing. No. I do like that. He's not. Yeah. So I, I, I do like. Colorado top line here. They're just coming in, you know, double digits. Uh, I, I feel like I know what your discussion is going to be here, so I'll just kick it to you and let you talk about it. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I, I'm pretty sure Evan Rodriguez is on the top line. Like, they didn't have a, a, a formal morning skate today, and Rodriguez was on the top line the entire last game, and they beat Dallas. Yeah, so, that's, what like, I, that's what the lineup builder has, but Top Stacks has Nishushkin up there. I don't know why. Yeah, and I don't know why either because Nachushkin was on – because Rodriguez was on the top line the entire game. I think he took one shift off or something like that. So it does look like it's Evan Rodriguez on the top line. Yeah, what I want to bring up is just the pricing, right? Um, Because obviously McKinnon and Rantanen uh, are pretty expensive. Uh, Just the two of them is 17400 But with Evan Rodriguez there – um, it saves some money. So that line, I think, comes in right at 22000 or just under it. So it's basically Colorado 1, Buffalo 1, Edmonton power play. All three lines on the road. I think all three lines in decent to good, pretty good matchups. And all three lines coming in with almost no ownership. I think it's, for me, it comes down to picking between um, Buffalo, Edmonton, Colorado here tonight. Uh, for, if you're going with a super expensive stack, those would be one of the three that I would look for. I wouldn't be going, uh, you know, to Pittsburgh or to Florida or to Ottawa or something like that. It would be Colorado, Edmonton, Buffalo. It's just which one do you want to use? Now, there's no matchup concern here. There's too many injuries on the San Jose side to say that there's any matchup concern. And the Colorado top line with Rodriguez there, they're up to a hundred, almost 150 minutes together. 4.4 expected goals per 60 minutes. Five actual goals, only shooting 10.7%. I love that Colorado top line here tonight. Like for me, they're right up there neck and neck with Buffalo. Like I'm going to have a decision to make in my one lineup. I really do like Colorado one. No Colorado two for me. Uh, new hook, new sucks. More like. Um, I just have no interest in that line at all. The San Jose side, 
I think Peterson and Hurdle would be the direction I would go. Two out of the three on the top power play unit. You probably avoid the Colorado top line um, as they use Couture in a shutdown matchup. Um, so I think Hurdle and Peterson makes like a decent two-man or something like that. But I think this game is about Colorado one. Yeah. If you want a little bit more ownership, you play Colorado. If you want to get spicy with Lowe and McDavid. Like I know McDavid's projected a 0.8. It would be shocking if he doesn't come in around like actually like eight to ten percent, but like his line mates gonna be way lower owned. You know McKinnon and Rantanen are gonna be owned tonight. So yeah, uh, when I first looked at this slate, I circled Colorado immediately. And to your point about you know Hurdle and Peterson, Peterson's twenty eight hundred. He's been playing twenty minutes a night on the top power play, avoiding McKinnon Rantanen going into a new hook confer line. Like yeah, like. I, I haven't been playing much cash this season, but Jacob Peterson, 2,800 for that. Uh, probably play Peterson in cash. Yep. That is the 11 gamer. We have to talk about those gremlins that live behind the blue line. I wish it was like lacrosse and they had to stay in their, their zone. It'd make life a lot easier. But here we are. There's some interesting – like we, we've talked about like, you know, Colorado one spending up with McCarr makes it very difficult. I've been spending down at defenseman recently. Who you like in here? Yeah. Uh, McCarr, Matheson, and Dolan are the three expensive defensemen that I'm looking at here tonight. I, I think Matheson, now that he's at 6K, might scare a lot of people off, but he's still playing super heavy minutes and he's really involved in the offense. Um, so don't mind those guys for expensive. Mackenzie Wegar really sticks out in the mid price range. Um, you know, more ice time. He's been shooting more lately. Obviously, he's been getting regular regular power play minutes. Like, Wegar and Riley, Morgan Riley, are two, like, heavy targets in that mid, mid-range. I suspect they'll also be fairly highly owned. Um, Aaron Eckblad, since he got moved back to the power play, has been shooting more, mercifully. So, um, you know, if you want to save some money from Montour, I think you can go in that direction. Uh, you know, Shane Goss to spare. Uh, I think he makes a lot of sense at home for Carolina here tonight. Certainly more at Cedar for Detroit. And Evan Bouchard, still only 4,200 for Edmonton. He's one of those guys you can put in an Edmonton power play stack and take out one of the expensive wingers, right? Like, don't play 7K, you know, Zach Hyman. Go play 4,200 Bouchard instead. Um, So I don't mind him. Tory Krug as well for St. Louis if you're playing the Blues tonight. But who's playing the Blues? Um. It's too bad Adam Bockfist is back for Columbus because Gavin Bayreuther was, what, like 2,800 running power play one for the Blue Jackets? Uh, I still don't mind Bayreuther tonight, but he does get knocked down a peg now that uh, Bockfist is back. Um, certainly Eric Brandstrom for Ottawa. He's probably going to have to play heavy minutes with Chikrin and Shabbat still out. Uh, Mario Ferraro, another cheap guy like uh, from San Jose. He might have to block a lot of shots uh, here tonight against Colorado. Um if you want to pay up a little bit more expensive, certainly uh, Yam Cork from the Flyers, uh, Vladislav Gavrikov uh, from Los Angeles with Mikey Anderson out, certainly like him here tonight. Um, and uh, Ryan Graves from New Jersey. Him and Hamilton are the only Devils defensemen playing over 20 minutes a game. So uh, don't mind Graves either. Yeah. Lots of defensemen choices tonight. There are a plethora of goalies under 7k tonight on DraftKings. I feel like Joseph Wool is the obvious chalk at min price, but who else you like in here? Yeah, like if you're really worried, like 
if you just want to make sure you can maybe like lock in like 10 or 12 points or something like that, like just put in wall and just forget about it uh, from Toronto. But there, I really do like Devin Levi here tonight. Um, I could see, I, like I said, I haven't made lineups yet. It's probably, if I'm playing an expensive line, Buffalo is one of them. I could see myself doing like a Buffalo one plus Levi or something like that. Right. Especially where they're facing Florida and you could see a ton of shots here. Uh, so I think amongst the 6,500 goalies, Levi is my favorite for GPPs. Um, other guys I don't mind. Don't mind Lankin in at home uh, against Vegas here tonight. Uh, certainly the Ottawa goalie, Marilinen, uh, on the road against Carolina. He's more, he's more expensive, but he's still only 6,900, and it's still the Carolina Hurricanes without their two best goal scorers. So I, I don't mind uh, Marilinen as well. I, I don't know why you would pay – over seven grand for a goalie here tonight on DraftKings. I really don't. Not in not in GPP certainly. Yeah, yeah. I I do like Levi as a GPP play. Like the obvious cash play is Wool. Like if you're playing cash tonight, the first person you should put into your lineup is Joseph Wool. But in GPPs, I I think I agree with you, Devin Levi. I watched his debut as against the Rangers. He looked very very good. Uh, Rangers are a good offensive team. So are Florida. Florida ton of shots like wouldn't surprise me even in a loss for levi to pay off at his salary with a saves bonus so i agree with you there who you liking for your hat trick pick we're going to uh les flammes and we're going to andrew mangiapani that was actually mine we're on the same page so i'm gonna go uh to my Derek zoolander dominique kubalik all right (laughs) interesting detroit let's go baby let's maybe they can do it again yeah, we have four shows left on the season. We'll be back on Thursday. Make sure to click those links in the description. If you haven't smashed that like button, do it on the way out. Thank you very much for tuning in. We love all of you. Good luck, everybody. And we will see you on Thursday. Good luck, everyone. Good to you, Omni. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.